Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Praise the Lord and glory be to the Lamb of God. We are here again because grace located us. Precious one, let's say a word of prayer as we go into the word of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. We are grateful unto you for all that you have done, you are doing, and you will continue to do. We cannot take your love and presence in our lives for granted. Father, let me decrease while you increase, and let this word be a blessing to the world. In Christ's holy name, I have prayed and call it done. Amen and amen. We're going to talk about the diligent Christian wife. The diligent Christian wife. I guess before we talk about fathers and mothers, I should have been speaking about husbands and wives because you become a husband and a wife before you graduate into being a father or a mother. Being that as it may, I want to begin today with focus on diligent Christian wife. Diligent Christian wife. Now, we're talking in context with reference to the Holy Bible. The Christian wife is a female gender, a woman married to a male gender, married to a man. Let me repeat, we are basing our interpretation on the Holy Bible, the Holy Scriptures. And by its interpretation, a woman married to a man is who we call a wife. A wife. A woman married to a man. So we need to get that clear before we take off. Now, let me say this, that it is possible before accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior as a woman, you may already be married to a man who is also an unbeliever. Now, there seems to be some controversy in some quarters about this issue, but I think that the Bible is its own interpreter. And when we get into these kind of arguments or discussions, we have to make the Bible our final point of reference. And so, I want us to look at some scriptures, which shows that um, we don't have to leave our married partners because we were unbelievers and today you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, so you walk out of the marital home because your partner or your married partner is not a believer. Now let me read something from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13. 1 Corinthians. Now there's a difference between you being a believer and going to marry an unbeliever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about both of you probably being unbelievers, having married for some time, and then one of you received Christ. And I'm saying that the scripture clearly teaches that you don't have to leave your partner because he or she is an unbeliever. Now let's look at this from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. 
Let me read it again. First Corinthians seven thirteen. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer, and is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. Now we need to put this scripture in context and do a comparative study with um, Paul's writing to the Corinthians about not being unequally yoked with unbelievers. In that scripture, Paul is saying that, for instance, if you are not married and you are looking for a married partner, look for a Christian. Look for one who believes in the God you believe in, one who is submitted to the word of God and has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. Now, there is a difference between that and you being already in the marriage. And then you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The scripture is saying, when that happens, you don't walk out of your marital home on the basis that your partner doesn't know the Lord and you have come to know the Lord. This goes both for husbands and for wives. So, husbands, you don't divorce your wife because she's not a believer. You don't do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12, Paul wrote, To the rest I say this, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife, who is not a believer, and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. He must not divorce her. You have a wife. You have been married. And both of you were unbelievers. Today, you have received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. The scripture is saying, you don't have to divorce your wife on the basis that she is not a believer. And Paul explains the reasons for encouraging those already married to unbelieving spouses not to divorce now their partners. He gives us some reasons why this is not the right way to go. And we find the first one in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. I hope I'm not going too fast. 1 Corinthians 7, 14. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. So if you are married and you just came to a saving knowledge of Christ, you receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the grace of God upon your life, that spirit of sanctification upon your life sanctifies your wife or husband, depending on which side of the line you are standing. Now that's what the Word of God says. It doesn't say that your wife or husband who is an unbelieving partner is born again, but he's saying that by the power that rests upon you sanctifies your partner. So there is no way your partner can impact your life negatively if you are sincerely and truly submitted to the will and the dictates of the Lord. And you are being prayerful and you are, you are walking in the precepts of God's word, walking in love, walking in understanding, trusting God. The Spirit will sanctify both of you. Now, verse 16 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says this. And here Paul gives us the second reason he does not encourage those who have been married already. One partner has come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And he's saying that you can't on the basis of that say you are divorcing your wife because she is an unbeliever. And Paul gives the second reason and says in the verse 16, of first Corinthians the chapter number seven. It says, and I read, How do you know, wife, 
whether you will save your husband or how do you know husband whether you will save your wife so here paul is telling us that there is a possibility that you who have come to a saving knowledge of christ in that marital relationship that began with both of you not knowing the lord as your lord and personal savior who knows that one of you can be the channel that god may use to bring the other to a saving knowledge of jesus christ the probability is great if you manifest the light and the love of christ the response that is likely to come is that your partner or your spouse who does not know the lord will be convinced that you have something worth seeking so then you agree with the apostle that you don't just walk out of the relationship because your partner does not know the lord as his personal savior having said that there are certain things i want to draw our beloved sister's attention to regarding the issue of being a diligent christian wife you have to make up your mind that you are going to stand up and be counted as somebody who believes in christ and who consciously consistently is determined to build a home where christ is is revealed and reflected and i want to tell you that as a christian wife you have so much power within you and on your side to be able to carry your husband your children and all of your relationship before the throne of god spiritually speaking and physically speaking to impact those around you because god has called you as a woman filled you with power and glory that when you speak you should get to a position that when you speak not out of disrespect or imposition or trying to dictate and impose yourself on on your husband but out of love ketsy when you speak your husband will listen and you'll be able to influence him now talking about influence there are some dangerous steps that you should avoid there have been women in the scriptures who messed up their husbands because of weaknesses that they saw in them thankfully there have been women in the same scriptures who blessed their husbands protected their homes saved their families using wisdom and tact and the power that is embedded in a woman that gift that god himself has put in the woman you must know where you stand you must know who you are and you must use it in a godly manner so that christ will be glorified now these are a few examples that i want to share with our dear sisters wives that we need to watch out for the first one is about a man called nabal or nabal whichever way it goes for you now your husband may not be the smart type and you know it you know it in fact the bible describes this man i'm going to talk about as a fool the bible described nabal or nabal as a fool thankfully she was married to a woman who was not a fool and so i'm saying to you out there that if you think that you are married to a man who is not smart enough to get things done properly in your family in the life of yourself or your children or whatever it is 
You don't sit and cry. You don't cry over spilled milk. I mean, that is who he is. There is something you can do about it. And that is what I'm going to draw your attention to in the Jiffy. You see, in First Samuel chapter 25, we have the example of this wonderful woman called Abigail. Now, David sent to tell Abigail's husband that he was at a time a vagabond, being chased by King Saul. He had taken time to defend this man and his property and his family against invaders or raiders. And I come to a point in time where he was in need. He didn't have food for himself and for those who are with him who have helped to protect this man and his property. So he sent a message to tell Nabal that he needed food, just a little food for himself and for his followers. Nabal sent a very heartbreaking message to David. Now, in First Samuel 25, the verses 10 and 11, Nabal bluntly sent to say, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? Shall I take my bread and meat that I have killed for my servants and give it to men who come from I do not know where? Wow. And when this message was relayed to David, he became so upset. He was a man of war. He told all his followers to put on their swords and they were going to attack Nabal and his family and they are going to kill every one of them. As God will have it, somebody heard the message Nabal had sent to David and he guessed rightly that David was not going to take this message lightly. David was going to come at them and kill them. So he told Abigail, Nabal's wife, and as a smart woman, as a diligent woman, as a courteous woman, a wife who knew the weaknesses of a husband and who wouldn't sit down saying that because he is the head of the family, everything he says, even if it's not going to be to the benefit of the family, well, he's going to just sit down and shut up and allow it to happen. Now, Abigail didn't do that. Abigail stood up and took initiative without reference to her husband. Without reference to her husband. You are listening to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal this and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM and your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. So Abigail went to David and he said, you know what? You can kill all of us. My husband has a problem. He doesn't know how to relate properly. And by so doing, Abigail was able to cool David down. And then she went beyond that and offered David food. He saved the whole family. And I applaud wives who walk in this step of Abigail. Who, when they see that their husbands are taking decisions that are not godly, that are not right. When they see that their husbands are taking decisions that are based on anger or they are being mean where they should be generous. 
they step in front of the fray and douse any unholy fire that may affect the entire family. I just appreciate such women. And I want to encourage you, if you are such a wife, God will bless you and bless you abundantly, like he did to Abigail. Beloved sisters, I'm saying, and daughters, I'm saying that you don't just pray and seek. When you pray, God gives you wisdom. And because you are supposed to be the helpmate of your husband, you have to be very, very diligent. And you have to sometimes outpace your husband in your thinking. You see, as long as the motive is right, God by his spirit will direct you. I am a man. I am a husband. And I know for a fact, after 37 years of married life, that I am not always right. And I have never been always right. My wife had taken decisions that sometimes I may not agree with. But by the time the sun goes down, I see that, look, this decision has saved us. This decision has added value to our lives. But initially, I may not agree because I have learned enough in my 37 years of marriage to know that those who will tell you that, oh, don't mind her, she's a woman, don't know what they are talking about. They don't know what they are talking about. Somebody being a woman, that doesn't make that person a lesser being than a man. You see what I'm saying? We play with ideas. And sometimes, and many times, the woman does not only come up with an idea, but they have a gift called intuition. And they can pick on things by their spiritual maturity. They can pick on things. If a woman is a godly woman, I bet you, she can pick on things that a man may not even have sensed it. Doesn't it surprise you that Anytime you see a gathering in a context of something happening spiritually, whether in a church, you walk into a church, you count the number of men there. And then watch the number of men who are active in the church and compare it with the number of women who are active in the church. Why is the attraction toward the things of the spirit more relevant to women than to men? Explore for yourself. It is spirit deep. And so, now to my brothers, if you are living with a woman and you call that woman your wife and you don't give her space to use a God-given talent and wisdom to bring it to bear on the life of, your, of the family in your relationship, in your married life, you are doing yourself a world of wrong. You are losing out big time. You can't run your home on your own ideas alone. The enemy will get you. But thank God for the word of God that is giving us this revelation today. Abigail went ahead of the husband. Like I said, sometimes when that becomes necessary, wives, step forward and do what must be done. If it is going to ogre well for the family, sometimes it is our pride. You know, men, we are so proud. You see a man who is a Nabal talking as if he is a Solomon. He has all the wisdom in the world. But see how Abigail did it so beautifully. And through that, she saved a whole family. Now, let me give you another example, wives. Your husband may be as pliable as King Ahab. Very weak-willed. Now, I'm looking at those types of husbands who need super help. 
super help. And I'm trying to encourage those of you Christian wives who feel tormented and tortured because you are seeing these weaknesses. But the space to operate is not there. I'm praying with you and I believe that God will give you that space as you stay focused and as you stay truthful. Now, this king I'm going to talk about, Ahab, was very pliable. And you see, if you have a strong woman as a wife, and you have the tendency of King Ahab, you are in big trouble. Because that strong-willed wife will use you to do bad stuff. Especially if that person is not spirit-filled or spirit-led. You can be spirit-filled, but if you are not spirit-led, you can create hell in the home. Let me read something about him. The wife was so powerful in terms of the will. The man was so pliable. I mean, you can push him anyhow. And he's just going to obey. He's just going to be there. I mean, uh, God says I should love my wife. So even when my wife is leading me into sin, God says I should. That is not love. That is not love. That is complacency. That is the reliction of duty. You, you are not doing what you are supposed to do. You have moved away from being the man to wearing the bra. You are creating a distortion, a spiritual distortion. And you suffer for what God does not mean you to suffer. So in 1 Kings 16, 1 Kings 16, 29, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel. And he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. 22 years he reigned. But listen to what the Bible says. Ahab, son of Omri, or Omri, if you like, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Hedbal, king of the Sidonians. He married Jezebel. My goodness, my dear sister, you don't have to wear this name. You see, Jezebel is a spirit. Jezebel is a spirit. And if you open yourself, the spirit of Jezebel will take you and will use you. Now, it was a huge mistake that Ahab did, marrying a Jezebel. Now, but this can't be corrected. If you are married to a Jezebel, it can be corrected. You just have to stand up and take your place. Prayerfully open your eyes and open your ears. You have a more serious job than somebody married to a Abigail. But, if you are unfortunate to have married a Jezebel, you don't have to be a Ahab. It's as simple as that. You have to take your place as the spiritual head of the family. You have to prayerfully ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to overcome the spirit of Jezebel. Otherwise, that spirit is going to drive you and lead you to do things, to accept situations that you know that you know that you know. That is not in the will of God for you. Everybody in the line of duty is going to suffer for things that they shouldn't suffer for. Now, this spirit of a Jezebel, if you are a man who is not strong-willed, will drive you to idol worship. It will not stop there. When I say idol worship, it will not be like going to a shrine or something. It can subtly take you away from the time you will have to spend with God, to spend doing the things of God. When you are married to somebody with the spirit of Jezebel, 
They don't encourage you to go to church. They don't encourage you to get involved with the things of God. They don't encourage you to give to the things of God. They subtly take your heart away and turn your focus on things that will not make you as committed to Christ as you should be. You don't hate them. You know them by the spirit within you that this is who I have married. And once you marry, hear me, you don't only get assets. You get assets and liabilities. The woman or man you marry is coming into the relationship not with assets alone, but is coming with assets and liabilities. You don't enjoy the assets and ask me to take the liabilities. All our package is for you and you are for that partner with all your assets and your liabilities. And as I've said often and often, I love the scripture. Iron sharpens iron. The commitment and the comportment to stay together, knowing your weaknesses, determining that you're going to be each other's keeper and helper is what will break that yoke in your life and in your relationship if you're already married. So, my dear sisters, if you see your husband as a help, he can't take decision, he's weak, please, please, don't use him and drive him into idol worship, push him away from God. One other thing that Jesus' spirit does, very important, is that it can use you to attack the things of God and the people of God. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1-4, we see Jezebel going after Elijah. The great prophet went to God and said, I want to die. You know what caused him to say that? Jezebel. And who gave Jezebel that space? Ahab. Ahab couldn't simply tell his wife, hey, you can't touch the man of God. I will not take this. He dare not. He was so pliable and so weak-willed that he couldn't say that. Oh, I pray for myself and I pray for every man who loves my Jesus that will never get to that place where our wives will drive us around and kick us about and make us do things that are ungodly and unholy. The third thing I want to draw your attention to, both brothers and sisters, is that the Jezebel spirit can drive the husband to go after things that doesn't belong to him. So in 1 Kings 21, 1 to 16, somebody has his property, a piece of land, bequeathed to him by his forefathers. Ahab said, I want your property. The man said, I'm not selling it. Ahab became sad. Jezebel comes in. Why are you sad? Oh, I wanted this man's property. He said he won't give it to me. Jezebel said, leave it for me. And Jezebel goes and conspires. Had the man killed, give the property to Ahab. My dear sisters, if that is the game you play with your husband, pushing him to take things that doesn't belong to him, that is a deal of accountability. And God will hold you responsible. How I pray for you that today, conviction will come to your heart. And if you see yourself as playing the role of a Jezebel, today you will walk out of that kind of life. Be the helpmate that God wants you to be for your husband. I'll come your way again, God willing, with another presentation of Bible Platform. I'm your friend, Pastor Hansen Metal. God bless you for now, and bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, 
Contact Reverend Metal on 0244 2390240244 Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. You're great.